morning everyone how's it going my dear friends again not to assume it's the morning but i hope that your day has been going well and everyone had a really great restful summer let's check in on that how was everyone's summer i feel like you know summer is not my favorite season just because i don't thrive in the heat but this summer in particular i felt that i was really drawn to water which i don't think that is something that i really experience and i don't know if this has just been a product of my environment over you know the past two two and a half years what we've all been dealing with if it's just my body telling me be close to the water that's what's gonna help you and revive you but that's kind of what i've been drawn to and i think that was a a, a big theme for me this summer anyways welcome back i am so happy and thankful that you are all joining me here today and you continue to support me also absolutely loved and was over the moon with the feedback from last episode with matthew so let's get into it what has been going on so i'm recording this on a sunday morning it's been a really crazy slow-ish week it's like how can your week be crazy if it's slow but I don't know. It just kind of makes sense like that. I am leaving for Portugal this evening. It's like so exciting just to even say it. I've never been and I cannot wait to visit and explore. I have not been back in Europe since 2018, so it should be a good one. The past couple weeks uh, have been so incredibly exhausted and drained to the point that I don't really feel like myself. And I was checking in with a couple of people and they like a lot of them kind of said that they felt the same way. And I think that the only thing that we can really circle back on and agree on is that like this summer was quote unquote one of our real normal back to life ish summers. And I think we're all just overwhelmed (laughs) and like hyperstimulated and, you know, it's August, everything's coming in on us, but I have been so incredibly exhausted. So I'm really hoping that this trip again near the water is going to re-energize me and just give me that extra push that I need. So as y'all know, I was reading three books at once. I actually just, just literally an hour ago, finished Think Again by Adam Grant. And I highly recommend it. I actually feel like I've also been like shoving it down everyone's throats, but reasons why I recommend it is because it's just a lot of, a lot of what he says kind of affirms what you would assume, but never got confirmation on just on like how the importance of, you know, not sticking with one original idea of what you think is right is. And then also just kind of how the unconventional path in life is what we should all essentially strive for. And it's not what I'm saying is unconventional. Like don't do what you're told to do, but don't do what I know. So many of us are very rigid in our thinking in terms of like, what we want to be when we grow up or what career path we want to take and how are we going to get there? And listen, big goals and big aspirations are 
absolutely important for us. However, the path on how we get there is you need to leave room for a little bit of exploration and you learn so much about yourself along the way. So I think too, like I just highlighted a bunch in my book, but one line in the book was, we should be careful to avoid getting too attached to a particular route or even a particular destination. There isn't one definition of success or one track of happiness. And then another one is at work and in life, the best we can do is plan for what we want, learn and contribute over the next year or two and stay open to what might come next. So again, like I said, being on a path and figuring out stuff along the way, I feel like this doesn't only come into career stuff, but definitely Mm -hmm. also can be related to if you want to move to another country or another city, or you want to pick up a new hobby, but a lot of people have the intention of turning it into like their side hustle or something like that. It's kind of just like be a little bit more in the present, I think, and allow for whatever comes your way to be a lesson or a learning or or something. Again, that was me going on a tangent. So I hope that like kind of makes sense. So yeah, I highly recommend reading that. And I think I'm going to be starting another two books that I will share with you once I started reading it, because I definitely don't want to say that I'm picking something up and then no one likes it. Well, by no one, I mean me. So yeah. Anyways, another thing is that I think going back to me saying that, you know, I was really tired and then I came to, well, I didn't come to realization. I've just been near the water a lot this summer, thankfully. But something that I think we should all be doing at the end of each season is checking in with ourselves and measuring what have been our energy givers and what have been our energy takers and kind of just take inventory on our own personal lives and seeing like, what is it that we do in our everyday that leaves us so incredibly depleted after? And then what situations give us life and give us that zest and give us that extra energy boost. So I think that's where I I am currently facing. And I think this time away is going to help me reflect a little bit more. Okay. That is enough of me. I feel like it's turning into a solo episode and we did not intend for that. But if you're following me on Instagram, you have seen I am actually gearing up to record a solo episode. I really loved doing it and I know you guys loved listening to it, so we'll we'll work on that. Anyways, <laughs> I'm really excited about today's guest. I'm sitting down with someone who I have admired for a very long time. I've known her for about five-ish years now and really do look up to her in all aspects of business. She's just a really great human. And I'm sitting down with Diana Cohen, who is the founder of Crown Affair, which is an everyday hair care line. They make beautiful objects for your hair and also incredible products with the most high quality source ingredients. I love it. It's been the only thing that I never was a hair person. And then we talk a little bit more about that in the episode, but I've never really cared so much about my hair. Just, I felt like with my hair texture, there's not much you can do. It's very thin and fine, but Diana has made something for almost everyone and it's fantastic. So 
this isn't going to be an episode that is solely based on Crown Affair, which is her brand. We're really going to talk about how she got to where she is today. Because when I met Diana, she was a consultant and she was actually one of the first people my age that I interacted with that were a consultant like way back. It was back in like, I think it was 2017 ish and or 2018. I don't remember now, but I think that the idea of consulting really became more popularized during the past two ish years. And I get asked about it all the time, but Diana kind of was the first person I ever met that was doing it. Granted, I'm not saying she led the movement. That's not it. It's just the first person I came in contact with that was doing something like this. So we talk about how she got into consulting and then how she went the different route and created her own brand and how that all came about. I think that there were so many great nuggets in this episode that a lot of you can take away from like the importance of relationships building and just cultivating community within a specific market. So yeah, I'm going to stop. We're going to get into the episode. I hope you guys love it and I will see you soon. Before we get into that episode, we have a quick message from our sponsors. Dorai Home creates thoughtfully designed home products made of denominaceous earth, a naturally occurring mineral that dries instantly thanks to its ability to hold up to 150% of its weight and moisture. Not only do I love the way Dorai's products look in my home, but I don't have to worry about my kitchen and bathroom being breeding grounds for harmful mold and bacteria. Plus, I love that all Dorai's products are made from sustainable and natural materials so I feel better about what I'm buying. You can shop instant drying bath mats, dish pads, and more on dryhome.com. And Lemon Water listeners, you get 15% off your purchase with code LEMONWATER15. Now to our episode. Hi, Diana. How's your day going? It's wonderful. Pretty productive Wednesday, all things considered. I literally said this before. I feel like every single day is productive for you because you are probably the queen of managing a thousand things at once. I mean, it's all about finding balance. I feel like I did get, I've been sleeping a lot this summer, which I'm here for. I've been joking. Everybody's like, it's hot girl summer. I'm like, it is the summer of sleep for me. I am prioritizing that. But have you been tired more? Because I've been actually exhausted every single day. Well, if I am exhausted, it's usually because I'm spending too much time on social media. We always forget that that's like a huge energy exchange, even if you're physically not moving your body. So I find that the days where I'm like, oh, why am I so tired? I'll check my screen time and I'm like, that's it. That's why I'm tired. (laughs) So how has your summer been? It's been good. As other I t- than sleeping, other, other than living my best sleep life, it's been great. I moved to Miami from New York a year and a half ago. I was in New York City for a wonderful 12 years and then relocated to the good old Sunshine State in 2021. Like seemingly a lot of other people, a lot of New Yorkers, <laughs> a lot of New Yorkers, but I am originally from South Florida. So this is home, my OG home for 18 years before moving to New York. And right. yeah, I'm a Florida kid. I'm proud now. I got to rep us. There's few of us who, uh, who are out there. Okay. So I'm really looking forward to sitting down with you. Finally, long time coming. We've known each other for almost like four five years now? It has to be at least five. But you you know, Michelle, you were the first person I ever handed, like gifted crown affair to. Oh, I actually, I do remember that. It was right before 
before the pandemic. I literally, it was right before the February. Yeah, that was, it was right before the pandemic we just launched. And that was the first time we met in person. So that was two and a half years ago. So I don't know, let's call our friendship four or five years now, I guess. I love it. It's so special. And so why I'm so excited for this conversation, you've inspired me so much in your career trajectory journey, just the person you are, how you did have this consulting agency, which is how we met, which we will get into. And just seeing you grow your business is incredible and remarkable. And I think that so many people are just going to benefit from this. So I'm excited to dive in to that. But let's introduce yourself and what do you do and who are you for those that aren't familiar? Yes, I was joking. I'm like, I'm a longtime listener, first time caller to this pod. So I'm very excited to be on and dive into all of these things. <laughs> Hi, everyone listening. I'm Diana Cohen. I am the founder and CEO of Crown Affair, which is a hair care line. And we launched about two and a half years ago. We're focused on making clean and effective formulas which I swear by, and handcrafted tools, which are really beautiful. As we noted, you were one of the first to get, I think, the combs that really transform the health of your hair. We're all about like the less is more, no makeup, makeup, kind of like the art of the air dry and ultimately transform your relationship to it. So I am a full nerd when it comes to hair. I've always been very into hair skin and makeup. I'm very like simple. I kind of go to my derm for stuff. I'm not like a huge, I'm very no makeup makeup. And honestly, it's the same philosophy with my hair. So I, um, I love building and growing crown affair and yeah, I've worked in consumer for the last, I guess, 12 years now, if you include crown affair, but prior to crown affair. So I, I went to NYU, which is why I moved from South Florida to New York. I loved it. It was a great school. And I was very lucky to intern at a lot of places when I was at NYU. My last internship, which turned into a job, was at Into the Gloss in 2012, pre-Glossier. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I look back at like those emails. Or, like, by the way, like had like a Gmail. Like, I don't even think I had like an email when I was interning, you know, and then they eventually give you one. But like, I have all those emails from like early days, like Emily and Nick. It's so funny to look back on. It's so special. I think, you know, we can all very much agree that Into the Gloss and Emily is the reason why so many of us are obsessed with taking care of our skin and, you know, building that kind of ritual and skincare and all of that. So putting that out there and that's, yes. that's amazing that you were a part of it. Totally. Well, it's funny. I mean, that was really where I became obsessed with online community and like just like word of mouth feeling because really prior to into the gloss it was like we'd read magazines or publications and be like this is a how to achieve this person's look from like a stylist you know and it was like even with hair now which i could talk about forever but like you never really got it from the source now today we're like everyone has or even able to have a conversation because there were the comment boxes would go off all the time hundreds of comments i was used to like moderate those comment sections and approve them that was like a dis discuss widget was like the name of the thing but oh my God. like yeah that because then you could actually be like oh this is a cool model or influencer and here's like the rose water from whole foods that she uses not like this professional sponsored thing and it was just i became really obsessed with that whole world but it was actually my next boss after Emily, who you know, and who is a friend of the pod, Eric Katz from Seed. 
that mm-hmm. like really taught me everything I know as a marketer. She was the co-founder of a mobile shopping app called Spring, which was like a D to C e-commerce app, like before Instagram, again, like early days. Before D to C was even like a thing. Yeah, there were a couple like, I mean, at that point, Warby was a few years old. The guys had started Harry's, Ty from Outdoor Voices, like just launched OV. The first thing I ever bought on Spring, the concept was like a feed and you like heart things and you could do like one swipe to buy. The first thing I ever bought on Spring was an Outdoor Voices kit. And that was when the kits came with the little Evian spray and the Skin Trip moisturizer, the old like doing things bags. Yeah. yeah. It was- okay, wait, this is going to be a full circle moment for me. Once you like get into your other, okay, your journey. Okay. So you're with Ara for a bit, which was, she's an incredible force. I mean, her brain is the best brain I've ever met in my life. So and also great hair, great hair, <laughs> great hair. She was the first person we actually shot when I was launching. Well, two things of advice just to bring it full circle. She was one of the first people I told about crown affair and she gave me the scariest, but also like the realest advice. I, we were walking around in Venice where her office is. I was consulting at the time and I was telling her, like, I have this idea for hair care line. It's called Crown Affair. Like, here's the vision for what I want to do and how it's different. And she, we stopped walking. I think we were like drinking like smoothies or something. And she turns to me, she goes, Diana, I just want you to know this is going to become your life. And I think it's entrepreneurs. It's like, you know that you have the momentum and she meant it in the best way. And I think like even you joking earlier, like you're always doing something. It's like realizing that the accomplishment is doing what you love, not like accomplishing the thing, I think is such an eye-opening thing. And, you know, ERA really taught me how to find that balance. It really isn't work if you are building stuff that you're excited to build with people you're excited to build with. And Like even my husband knows this, like I love waking up every day and doing what I do. And I love doing that with when I was a full-time employee at places like Spring or Away. And I love doing it when I was a consultant, working with people like Outdoor Voices or Harry's or any of these people. And then it's obviously so different now launching my own company, which we can kind of talk about. But yeah, ERA really taught me everything I know. And I will give her all that crap. I mean, obviously I've learned a little bit on my own too, but she taught me everything about grassroots marketing, storytelling. I think what she's done with Seed in that category, which is a super tricky category, is you know probably more than anybody, mm-hmm. Michelle, <laughs> like truly. She's done an incredible job. And the piece of advice is like relationships are everything. Like Spring ended up selling, but like it wasn't, quote, a successful business. At the end of the day, they raised a ton of money. That team though ended up going, that like Instagram ended up like, taking on most of the UX and UI team when they were launching, starting Instagram shop, like every single person from that. Which is incredible. Every person from that team went to do something amazing. And, you know, I'll say spring and people are like, what, what is that? I have no idea. And it makes you realize that like, it actually isn't about where you work. It's about who you're working with. If there's anybody out there listening, being like, what should I do with my career? What is this? Like, it is all about the people. And I would say like my relationship with ERA has been one of the most life-changing things from like a, both a personal, but obviously also career perspective as well. Mm -hmm. Also, another thing that's so special about your whole journey is now that I'm thinking you have entered all these different companies at such an early age before they are now known as what they're known for, (laughs) which is like, I think you starting at the bottom constantly, it's like, you knew the bullshit 
that it took to start a brand too. Yeah. It's like, well, this is what we're going to be at the beginning. Yeah. And it's not going to be like this forever though, but this is what's going to be like from the beginning. Yeah. That's my favorite part of it. And I even know that today with Crown Affairs, we're two and a half years old now. Like we're entering kind of the more mature phase and it's all new challenges. But I also think that being someone who loves kind of like, I, I was just thinking, I'm like, I literally am like the scratch, you know, you just make stuff happen out of nothing and you, you figure it out. And I do think the last two years we've had with the pandemic and everything, it's definitely made me a better entrepreneur because you just constantly figure it out. Like you wake up every day resilient. And I, yeah, for me, I love that energy. Like I am addicted to having a direct impact. Like I know I would not survive in corporate culture and shout out to the people who have the patience for that because I am not built for that life. This is again, I'm not shaming anyone. I think everyone is incredible in doing what they're doing, but I was walking home at around like 9am and people were dressed in the tens, got going to the office. And I was like, I haven't been to an office. And mind you, not the pandemic. I haven't been to an office in like four to five years. Yeah. Girl, I hear you. <laughs> like, what? Like, I don't even know. I was like speechless. It was such an eye-opening moment for me. I'm like, people are getting dressed. They have that morning commute. I am completely disassociated from that. It's interesting. Obviously, office culture is such a huge topic right now, given the pandemic. But both you and I lived the work from home life pre-COVID. Yeah. And I think what we're realizing or what I'm realizing now with my younger team is like, there is a season for everything. And I have to say that those, you know, 20 to even into the gloss, but let's call it like 21 to 25 in an office for me was so key. Not because I needed the structure to work. I was obviously working more hours than I was in the office, but the social element, the osmosis, the learning, you build your friend group. And then now, you know, once you hit a certain point of your career, I'm down to see people when I need to see people and everybody's super productive. And I think you can have a much more balanced life and take time for other things, but it is really interesting building a business now with a mix of talent from an age perspective and what they need. But yeah, I, I, oh, I used to joke with people with levitate my branding agency pre crown affair. Like the reason I, one of the core pillars of why I started consulting and left my full-time role was because I wanted to create my own schedule. And I also wanted to like really be intentional about who I chose to work with being an early employee at a lot of these companies, you're like number five or number eight or number 13 or whatever. And then a year and a half later, there's like 150 people and it just, it moves really quickly. It's a little messy. And I just wanted to be super intentional about who I was spending my time with, but really a main one was like, I'm not a morning person. And I love being external, social. So for me, you know, popping into the Harry's office or popping into the Outdoor Voices office when they had an office downtown, one to two days a week, working from home, that changed my life actually. And then obviously when COVID happened, I was like, let's just keep going with this flow. Like we don't need to like sit and be together for like, I don't know, there's pros and cons to it, but overall I think we're moving in the right direction there. I literally was going to ask, you were one of the first people within our age bracket. We're all like on the younger millennial aspect, but you were the first person I knew that was even a consultant before I understood what it was. And, you know, you had levitate. And how did you feel comfortable at that point of your career to be like, I can manage and juggle like 
two clients at once, especially one being OV and the other Harry's, which were at the time were two still big brands. Like they were young, but they weren't like that young and they were pretty hot. So it was like, how did you even know what a consultant did? I mean, I get asked this question all the time. Like, what do you do as a consultant? What is a consultant? Can I be a consultant? And it's just like, anyone can be a consultant. It's just you being an expert in a specific field of what you do. Right. And we just both happen to be creative consultants. So it's like, that designated energy for the marketing side of things and the creative side of things. Did you start levitate and that's how you got the clients or was it just like, I have one client and then another one will come? Yeah. Great question. So we're giving me way too much credit to think that I also knew what a consultant was because I did not have the vocabulary or language for it. Ironically, I had done air quotes consulting work before levitate. So between spring and working at away full-time, those were both full-time jobs. I was very fortunately introduced to Tamara Mellon, obviously co-founder of Jimmy Choo. She sold Jimmy Choo. She had launched her own like luxury shoe footwear and ready to wear brand. That was like wholesale model. She in the, at the time, this was, I guess, 2015, 2016, sometime around then decided to kind of like shut down that version of her namesake brand and relaunch it as a luxury direct-to-consumer shoe company. So Era had actually introduced me to Tamara. I met with her at like her fabulous office on like Madison Avenue overlooking the park. And it was so, I mean, it felt like Jimmy Choo. Like it was like 40 rooms and like beautiful, you know, showroom. And they were actually transitioning the whole business. So it went from like a full office to like four of us in this space. It was me, a customer service person, an MBA. So they were downsizing like crazy. Oh, like fully re-closing down the company and relaunching it as a new business. And I was brought in. There's this guy, Ronnie, who I love and I'm still friends with. He was an MBA consultant. I think he was at uh, HBS, Harvard Business School at the time. And like two other people who knew, had all that tribal knowledge and I remember meeting with Tamara at her home, her her townhouse, which was insane too. And she's just brilliant. The way that she built Jimmy Choo as a shoe empire and her vision, like the thing that was really cool about, again, I didn't know I was a consultant. I just took a bunch of meetings with her and was like, this is cool. I like what you're doing. I want to work with you. And like figured out how to structure a retainer. I did not. And like structure your days and what that would look like. Exactly. I was like, I'm going to help you relaunch this into the world. I know how to launch things. I know how to translate your visual literacy to e-commerce. Because also her visual literacy is so luxury. It's so like 1970s, Helmut Newton, black and white. Like think like woman standing by the pool in her heels. And like, that's really empowering if you're the woman in her heels who like also owns the house and the Ferrari out front. But like, you know, it's like, but it could be really translated in a different way for a millennial customer. So it was such a cool challenge. I worked with her for like seven, eight months. I was flying out to LA a lot. She had moved there. And that was when I was like, I'm by coastal air quotes, but I was out there for like three, four weeks at a time for more than half a year, came back to New York and was in introduced to the away girls. I knew at the time that I didn't want a full-time work there and not because I didn't believe in it. I just wasn't ready. I think. And you're also getting comfortable in this, like such a flexible lifestyle to go back to corporate full setting. It's like, it's a lot to take in a lot and not everyone's ready to jump in right away. A lot. So that was really the first time I consulted, but like, I just, I mean, tactically, logistically, I just had, I think I, I don't even think I had an LLC. Like I was just like a contractor, you know, and I didn't have levitate. Then I started working at Away. I was the eighth employee there. I was head of partnerships. That was a all caps full-time job. And eventually 
parted ways with them about a year in, you know, during that time, because I was head of partnerships, I had met a lot of people. I also had all of my relationships from spring and it was, you know, outdoor voices became my first client. So I really wasn't like, a. it was seamless in the sense that like the second that I was available for work, I had opportunities. And I think that it's probably the same with you. It's like, people want you to come on and help grow and build things. And I started with a three month contract with outdoor voices. And then I was like, I should make, I got to formalize this. Like, this is what I actually want to do. I love working with brands. And then at the same time, Buck Mason, who amazing menswear brand, those guys are incredible. Met them through my days at spring, they wanted to do some retail expansion. My friend, Evelyn, who is a baby food company, Yumi, which is like a huge baby food company in LA wanted to do like chef partnerships, you know, we did like John and Vinny's and Michael turned out like that. Like I was like, Oh, I can come in. Fun thing. Fun thing. Yeah. So that's really how it started. And then I started to figure out, okay, like return on time is huge as a consultant. So, you know, and for me, the, the nature of my work, right. I'm not like clocking hours in the sense that like relationships are fluid, you know, this is always on. So I really did lean into the retainer structure and when you have a couple different clients, and as you said, like Harry's and OB were both in places where they could like actually afford to hire me. And like, I felt super gratified by that. The big thing that I did too, though, and I'm very clear about this is like, I knew in the back of my mind, I didn't want to create like a big agency because at the time, and I think we've all seen this, if you work in the creative world, that like the agency model can break very quickly and like scaling agencies is super hard because clients. So you know, that's, that's a learning. It's like, like, it's so scary to run an agency because you're depending on clients, right? You're depending on the retainers that you're getting and then you're hiring people. And it's like a chair. If one breaks, you can't stand. Exactly. And that went exactly against the pillar of choosing who I worked with, because when you get yourself in that position, you end up having to take on clients that you're not really fulfilled by the work. So that's why I think if you're like, okay, I really want to do consulting work or be a contractor or be a freelancer, whatever you want to call it, whatever that means to you, understand, like really prioritize, meaning one to two things of like why you're doing it, because I think those will help guide you in the choices you make. And you might want to really manage people and build an agency and be able to work with types of clients that are, you know, in certain industries, you might have different types of contracts or different types of structures that aren't just the cash fee, but whatever it is. So I knew that like, I'm good with being an independent contributor. And what I did, which I recommend to everybody when I talk to friends is that part of my scope of work was for a client, say a Harry's or an outdoor voices was training either somebody who existed on the team or helping them recruit and hire somebody to basically take this over. So you're not, you're not a forever, not a forever. And even, I mean, both of those clients OB I had for two years as a client and Harry's was like nine or 10 months. We launched Flamingo and I stayed on a little bit after through target launch and things like that. But to me, it's like teach Amanda fish. Also like transparency is everything. I think the reason that agency, whether it's a PR agency or influencer or whatever, those like weekly calls can be so painful is because like, for me, it's all about going in and being like, we are on the same team. Like we have the same goals. It's not these expectations. It's like, if I do good work, you do good work. If you do good work, I do good work. So that's always been my philosophy. I very much have like a team player approach and like no ego with like 
whoever gets the work done. I want, I want these companies to keep growing and thriving beyond me. So, okay. That was so great. I just learned so much about you because I didn't know all of that. And I'm so sorry that we're talking so much about the past. I love it. But like, let's now get into what you built and while you were consulting, obviously, and like, you know, you had levitate, I want you to talk about the whole hair journey. And yes, you've always been obsessed with your hair and it was such a ritual for you, but you always speak on like collecting data and creating your own internal community. So let's speak a little bit on that. But then I also want to get into kind of when was the day I know it was when you spoke to era, but the day you actually planted the seed and you were like, okay, I'm going to do something. And mentally preparing for that and all of that. I think one of the beautiful things about consulting is that because you create your time and your structures, if there are little ideas percolating in the back of your mind, like you have the space to act on them and marinate with them and sit with them. So for me, I definitely got to a point after two years with Levitate, well, A, the landscape of consumer was really starting to change. Like that was kind of the time 2017, 2018, where like the rules of e-commerce and paid were like really shifting. And what we know as community and influencer today, which is a huge part of my bread and butter in addition to partnerships was changing. I just couldn't keep giving my special sauce for lack of a better term to other people. Like you do it enough and there are great brands. Like I'm so proud to I'm so proud of every client I worked with and I loved working with them and I have nothing but like positive things, but there are only so many of those. Like there are only so many OBs, there are only so many Harry's and again, going back to the people. So I just knew at some point I wanted to like do this on my own. I have always loved hair. I sent my friend Lexi this email of my personal ritual with all of my recommendations. I put it into a Google doc for a larger group of friends so they could see it because I was tired of for your own routine, my own routine. Like Diana, how long is your routine? Is this stressing me out now? It was like a 12 step situation, but it was like, it was like things that you should also get like a silk pillowcase or like just tips, like literally what is TikTok hacks now of like how to my whole thing. Got it. But by the way, like most of the content online at this point from a hair care perspective is like, two hour YouTube videos or like on brand websites, it's like model in chair, wet hair, step one, blow dry, you know, spray thing on blow dry. And it's just so not a vibe, but it's not how I talk about hair. It's not how I think about hair. You're watching a masterclass. Exactly. Which by the way, time and place for super fun. I love hair. I think hairstylists are artists. Like I love the art of it. But like the 60 to 90 days that I'm not at the salon getting my hair cut or like done for an event, like I want to figure out how to get the best version of my hair without having to like approach it from a point of frustration or like I have to grab a heat tool. So it it has really been a journey and like my hair used to be a lot drier. I was using really nice luxury salon products that now I know have ingredients that aren't great in them. But the truth is, is like, I kind of always had a brand in my head. Like I didn't know what it was, but years ago, even before I started at Away, I want I love robes. Like I live in robes at home. I have like at least 20 in my closet of like, okay, what's your go-to? Uh, there's so many. Cause it really depends on the, the function of what it is. But like, if I'm having a spa vibe day, I want like my Cosatex spa robe that has like the nice inside and like the soft kind of outside. I love Lunia for like 
wanting to feel a little bit more glamorous and wear washable silk, but like still functional, you know, you're not like- I haven't found a silk robe yet. I really, really want one. Also, how tall are you? I'm five, six. How tall are you? I'm five, three. So every robe is like on the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. Uh, Parachute makes my favorite waffle robe. Like that's really good because when your hair is wet or you're applying products, you don't want like silk. You know, I I can talk about robes all day. I'll send you a whole list. Anna has a robe closet. Wow. I realized that not much innovation was needed in robes, but I say this because it's funny. It was actually, it was called Awake Robes. And like, and that's what I was going to launch. And I had like pattern makers that I found on 37th street, put together a whole Pinterest board obviously ended up taking a job in a way and never doing this. By the way, I think if you're listening and you're like, I've also had a million, like, it's funny when you tell the narrative of your career and it sounds so linear because I think the nature of being a creative person is that you have all these ideas, you plant like a ton of seeds in the garden and like, it's okay if they don't all sprout, you know, like the journey of planting that seed, even if it doesn't actually bloom, got you to the next thing that you end up taking care of and fostering and building a tree. And then back to that, like all these ideas for me, the worst part is I really need to get into the habit of actually sitting up. I wake up in the middle of the night or it'll happen at like a 1am where all these ideas just come to me. And then I'm like, yeah, we'll, we'll deal with it tomorrow. And then I wake up and you have to do it now. I'm like a chaotic person who sends myself emails. Like I like at one in the morning, like I'm like, Oh, like quick. And they're just quick notes. And my notes pad is insane. But with a week, I had so many references that ended up coming into what crown affair was like the visual literacy of crown affair has existed in my life for a very long time. You know, I we used to joke that like my visual, my personal aesthetic is like Star Wars meets Chanel. That is totally the vibe. And there's there's definitely like on the fashion side references I love, types of women I love. Like I've always been like a Kirsten Dunst type girl. Like I have a very specific literacy that is my like to me honestly like Ashley and Mary Kate are like the art of the air dry. Like they are my dream hair girls and what they do. So. I have my whole visual literacy of what the crown affair vibe is. And, you know, I just started talking to people I've worked with previously, like show Shibuya who did our whole brand and was our creative director. And this is where I wanted to like, literally what you mentioned at the beginning, everything is about relationships. And I really remember meeting with you back in that January, February time. And you were talking about the team that it was a very small team, but every single person you knew from somewhere else. And I was like, Diana gets it. Like it's so important. It's like you can put a job listing out there and I'm not saying this to demotivate people to not apply for jobs, but foster the relationships that you currently have in whatever industry that you're in. You don't know where someone will end up or you don't know how that person may work with you in the long run. Dude, I, I joke on two things. I'm always like Avengers assemble. Like you got to have your Avengers team, like a great designer, a great this. And then when you like put the call out, the right people come. But I always think too, if there's anybody who's hiring people, I always think it's such a good sign when people like continue to work with people over and over again. It means that people are good to work with. And you get their style. They understand you like the less direction you need to get. <laughs> Yes. Between all those companies that I mentioned, particularly like even there's this one girl who named Biz Lindsay, who's just a gem of a human. I met her. She was at Daris PR, which was our agency for spring. She ended up going to OV. She's the one who brought me into OV. And then she ended up, I was actually working at Flamingo for Harry's working on the go to market for launch. 
And then she came in as the VP of marketing. And I'm like, the fact that we've worked together on like three big projects is like so special because you have that shorthand, you have that. So, and I didn't end up bringing her. She was full-time at Flamingo, but like, she's somebody that I'm like, what I sent her a Google doc of like our whole language and world of what crown affairs, like I trust her and she just gets it. And it's so many of those people too. Like, it's not even just the founders. It's like the, the people who are in the trenches early building these brands who really get it. So yeah. And I'm, because I've worked with all these people too, like I had a fundraise at this point, I didn't have like money to pay people. It was really just an idea. Like but they believe in you and they believe in what you're building and they trust you. Exactly. And they knew that like, Hey, if this works, like I'll raise money and I will pay. Like it was just people kind of getting it in motion, which I think is such a huge part. I think it's really easy to get discouraged and keeping momentum is super hard. And, you know, one of the things I learned during levitate and consulting days was like, it's okay if I don't have anything to do today. Like it feels so uncomfortable. I even look back to early days of crown affair and I was like, there's no need for me to splash. It's like a duck in water. It's like, I can just be still and like use that time. Taking a quick break from that episode with a message from our sponsors. Dorai Home creates thoughtfully designed home products made of diametaceous earth. Wow, that is definitely a mouthful. It's a naturally occurring mineral that dries instantly thanks to its ability to hold up to 150% of its weight and moisture. With Dorai, you can say goodbye to your outdated, always damp carpet, bath mat, or soggy dish towels that always feel wet, smell like mildew, and breathe unhealthy mold and bacteria. I used a carpet bath mat in my bathroom for the longest time and it was always wet. I had to wash it constantly and it honestly was such an eyesore. I've switched to dry bath mat and it loves, it loves, I love how quickly it dries. It fits perfectly with my minimal decor. And I love that all of Jirai's products are made from a sustainable and natural material, so I feel better about what I'm buying. You can shop instant drying bath mats, dish pads, and more on DiraiHome.com. And Lemon Water listeners, you get 15% off your purchase with Lemon Water 15. Now, back to our episode. Listen, because I know you're a Virgo, and you're a Virgo. I'm a Taurus. Alex is a Virgo. I surround myself with Virgos. That's my pro. Oh my God. Wait, Ashley and Christian have that flip too. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. But what I was saying is I think for earth signs specifically in projectors, it's actually really, really uncomfortable and difficult to sit with nothing to do. And like taking that one day, it's painful. And I, I know you might be like, this is so toxic, but it's like, when you're like physically wired to not sit still, yeah. it's just how we are. Even though we're supposed to sit still, like every human is, especially as a projector, like you, I'm assuming you're a projector because I think oh, it's 100%. Right. Yes. It's so painful, but it is so important because if you don't just sit with it, you are going to be more depleted than like on your worst days. Yes. Oh no. I'm the person that's like, I have 30 minutes before something and I don't quote have anything to do. I've got my full size journal, my five minute journal, three books, just so I have options. So you have to do something. Yeah. I'm like, I have things. So it was really hard, but you know, getting that group together early for me, the second I had the name and I started to work on product and I was engaging with like external vendors, I was like, this could be real. Like this is real. And then there was just a turning point, honestly, very like logistically, which was that like my contracts for my consulting jobs were coming up. I didn't really want to renew them. I took a trip to Japan that like changed my life. I knew I was like, when I get back in 
in June. I think I was in Japan in like in May of 2019. When I get back in June, I'm going to like tie up every loose end with my thing. And I, I didn't shut down Levitate, by the way. Levitate like still exists on the website. I have the Instagram, mm-hmm. but like it might become something later in my life. I love the concept of what it is and what it was, but it was really seamless. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this and met with my people, started working on stuff. And then also very logistically, once that had momentum, I hit a point where I was like, I got to pay for stuff. So, you know, I tapped out kind of what I had saved from consulting and decided to go the fundraising route. And that fortunately happened and kind of came to life pretty quickly. And then once you have like the whole thing flips, then you become the person that's signing people's contracts and, you know, fundraising. And I'm like, okay, I'm doing this. Like the, the train has left the station. So that's also like, yeah, once you start raising funds and you have other people's money, yeah. it's like, whoop. totally different. <laughs> it's yeah. Happening. But then how Crown Affair came to be, I think it from the beginning when, you know, you had this idea, community was so important to you. And I think that from even early on stages, you were always, and even still now, your team is still constantly asking your community, what they want, what are their needs? So was that something that you picked up on by being at all these other corporations? Like, okay, this is where the miss is. You need to be talking to the audience and asking questions, not just watching and assuming you know what's going on. If anything, it's from the roles that I had specifically into the gloss that made me realize that the community and the customer is the only thing that matters. Even like on the away product pages, it's like reviews, reviews, reviews. I always joke that I'm not some like ex, you know, L'Oreal exec from a boardroom who started a hair care company that was like, we have a campaign. It's going to be distributed across, you know, these millions of doors and whatever. It's like, all I care about is that people like the product and tell it, tell it to other friends that they like the product, whether it's the hair towel or the oil or literally anything like Beauty is in particular is such a word of mouth category and all that matters long-term for the health of the business is that the product is great. So for me, making product with our community, getting them to try it, understand what they want. The other thing is there's so much stuff out there. And part of my core philosophy with starting Crown Affair, I literally wanted to make a clean and better version of the prestige brands I was shopping that are legacy salon brands. Like This wasn't for me about customization and taking a 20 question quiz. There's enough of that. And it's a whole other world. It wasn't about starting like a brand for a generation. I wasn't making like a Gen Z brand because it didn't exist for that customer. Conversely, I'm also not making a brand for like a specific type of hurt. Like to me, it was like, I want to make the new Orbeck. Like that is what this was. And I love those products. But to me, it's like, that scent is my favorite. I'm like waiting for that perfume to drop. I like want get it. ready, get ready for the drop. There's a really, oh my a God. really good product coming. Diana, I need laundry detergent. <laughs> I need body spray. I just like need that scent everywhere. Yeah, it's so good. And like Orbe is amazing. Honestly, they're still my favorite brand in the space. Like yeah. I, and that's what I love about beauty, by the way. That's so different from like suitcases or mattresses or any of the stuff. It's like you can have so many brands and so many products, and I think. One of the learnings for me with the way that the consumer landscape has changed is that it's a very good thing to not be everything to everybody. So there will be certain categories in hair care that like years ago, especially like investors or people being like, you got to get into like this, for example, because, but it's like, there's just so much saturation 
that our whole thing is working with like outside chemists, outside of our contract manufacturers to make products that are holy grail to some people and like innovating on these like cult favorites. And I always joke whenever people are like, what are you most proud of with Crown Affair? I mean, there's so many things and like really the team and like the mentorship and our community is the thing I'm most proud of from a product perspective. The fact that every single one of our formulas is approved by the Violet Code from Violet Gray that to me, it's like, those are expert. Like it is a process to get approved. There are literally dozens of people that try the product over weeks. Like the efficacy needs to be there. I think there's a lot of new brands, a lot of clean brands. And it's like, you know, this needs to work. And I think that's the biggest thing that's been missing from the category. And also have it be beautiful and dignified. Everything from, there's actually a lot of great hair care products out there, but like you put them on your hair and you're like, the scent gives me a headache or the scent smells like, vanilla or rose and you're just like this That's is what I'm saying it's so rare for me and I'm like this is everything the dignity across every touch point of a product is so important to me and as customers I've felt incredibly and thoughtfully served in skincare and makeup and other categories in the wellness you know but hair care for for some reason my options were either like luxury salon which is one thing again like I respect the art of that or like super earthy, like granola, you know, where I'm just like, this isn't really working as a product or like new cool, but a lot of influencer brands that have launched too. But for me, it's like, I have no reason to launch this unless like there's something really innovative about it. So it's been fun. And even first, I've told you this from the, the beginning because you and I have very different hair types. Like yes. I have short, thin fine hair just and I know that nothing I do is ever going to change that so I can't obsess over hair because there's not really much to work with for me but you've created a line like your towel I travel with it <laughs> like it's in my hair like like I've never traveled with a towel before I, I traveled with it. okay your oil it's not too heavy for me which is like still so rare and I find that you've made something for almost everyone, which is so thoughtful and lovely. That, first of all, that means more than you know. And that is entirely, like, that is actually our approach on inclusivity. I think, again, brands that try to be everything to everybody, it's just not possible. Like, the science of hair does not allow for one product to be for every single hair type. So it's about taking your time to find a ritual that works for you based off your hair, the porosity, how your lifestyle, how frequently are you washing? Also, by the way, you have beautiful, luxurious, gorgeous hair. And I know you're like, it's thin, blah, blah. But part of this is like being yeah. cool. No, but being cool with your hair, being like, okay, I, I am accepting it. <laughs> accepting it, empowering it, being like hair is, is, and that's the thing, by the way, like we're not like the beauty junkie brand. We're the brand for the girl that's like, I do care about my hair and I really want to take better care of it, but I have a lot of other things that are a huge part of fulfilling my life and like knowing that it is enough and that you don't have to like achieve this thing. Or like, I also just am like more of a natural person in my life. So like, you know, extensions or eyelash thing, like that's just so not our, I do whatever, like, we're just not like the equivalent of the Kardashian contour in hair care, which is what a lot of hair care has been for a long time. It would be definitely cool if Kendall used the oil. <laughs> I mean, who knows? I'm like, we have some great people who love it and use it. I mean, Honestly, the fact that Gwyneth Paltrow like invested in the last round after using it for over a year, like she tries a lot of product and she found Crown Affair through the buying team at Goop and like ended up trying it and was like, 
the product is just good and makes your hair the best version. And it's all about finding a ritual to like understand your hair a little bit better and what it's capable of. And dude, your hair is capable of so much. Well, see, I think I really need to keep consistently be changing the bathroom water because I'm losing hair like crazy. And I've done all the testing I need to. New York feels wonder to my hair. So I love my hair in New York. It's like so full. It doesn't shed. Toronto, no. Mm -mm. Part of this though, too, is understanding like my hormonal acne, which we talked about earlier Mm -hmm. this afternoon, like accepting it and being like, this is actually a reflection of something going on in my body. How can I see my hair or break out or feeling bloated or literally anything as an indicator of your well-being. And I think there are a lot of other parts of our beauty wellness routines that we're trained to be like, oh, this is a reflection of something in my body. Let me listen to it. Where with hair care, people just want to like blow it out or straighten it to feel good versus being like, let me actually listen to it. Maybe it's saying something. And Especially massaging with massaging your scalp, brushing it consistently in a gentle way, massaging your scalp, what you're putting into your body. I mean, you're so good at this. You're the last person, but like what you put into your body obviously has a huge impact on your hair and like medical. I mean, that hair is just, it's such a personal, it's such an emotional thing. So for me, the entire mission of crown affair is not even, it's not about the products. It's about giving people the opportunity to feel more connected to their relationship to their hair and how you talk to yourself matters. And unfortunately the industry has been telling us to fix, tame, manage everything versus being like, let me like become friends with what the frizz thing is. Like, what is frizz? Like, how do we get more curious about it? Like, okay, my hair is literally reaching to the sky for moisture. Maybe I should put a little bit more oil in it. Like so many things that I think can feel really counterintuitive that we've learned in skincare whether it's double cleansing or that like you actually should use oil if your face is oily, right? Like all this oil-free stuff, like hair care, unfortunately, is just like really, really, really far behind. So our hope is that people are like, okay, let me actually like see what's in this. And like, maybe the shampoo I'm using is actually stripping my scalp and making my hair overproduce oil. So I feel like I have to wash it every day or brushing your hair does move those natural. It's just, it's about the holistic ritual. So I hope people whatever products they're using, like approach their hair in that way versus feeling disempowered by it. That was like really beautiful. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Okay. I do want to know just because you have come across so many humans in your lifetime that you've worked with, or, you know, you want to work with, or we've been met who has inspired you the most and like continues to inspire you. I know era is for sure. One of them. (laughs) Yes, I know. I'm like, should we take her out of the option box? Because I'm <laughs> such a, I love her so deeply. Yeah, I mean, she's really big for reasons that we talked about. It's really funny you ask this question because I talked to the team or like my senior team about this, how like all of the role models I've had, it's just a different world we're living in now. Even someone like Emily, who I admire and respect for so many reasons, it's like, how you build a business today is very different than how you built a business back then. So even like with remote work, it's like my whole life, I was like, you're a cool boss in New York and you build this team and you're in it, but it's like, actually I'm cool with working from home and giving my team more space and feeling empowered. And it's like, you don't hear those stories as much. I think a lot of success stories are around control and like bulldozing to like make it to the top. And I'm like, how do we redefine what 
leadership and building a business looks like. Obviously, it's so much work and it takes so much time. And that's why if you're going to launch something, you need to be, as Ara said, you need to be ready for it to become your life because there is no turning it off and the highs are high and the lows are low. And how do we better tell that story? I'm trying to think of people. I mean, there's people that really inspire me that I don't know, like Jane Goodall, I'm very obsessed with. I also love Fred Rogers. I feel like I come back to Fred Rogers all the time in terms of learnings and and lessons and just how to be a better human. I think just like putting people first will always get you to win. And then creatively, my like true obsession is Jim Henson. (laughs) Like I think like the universe of the Muppets and him as a creator are brilliant and I just finished his biography, which was like a 600 page book. And I, every, oh my God. Yeah. It's epic. It's by like, I think the author's name is Brian Ray Jones. It's, it's unbelievable. Like just every detail and how he built his career and his creative team around him and how long it takes to build stuff. I think it's really easy to like celebrate and admire people, but like the real testament is like, are you going to be around in 10 years or 15 years? And there's so many ways to build a business. You could be a celebrity or an influencer and launch a thing. It takes off, you sell it. But for me, the metric of success is building things that I like building with people I like building with. Obviously, I would love for like Crown Affair to be a huge company, you know, and really like replace and be the next generation of what prestige clean hair care is. And there's so many things attached to that. But I don't know. I'm kind of redefining the leaders I look at now to be totally candid. But Eras, Eras number one queen forever. I love her. <laughs> I love that. Okay, what are some things you are looking forward to for the rest of the year? I mean, in the future too. Yeah, I mean, Burning Man. I'm very excited for that. <laughs> okay, I want you to know when I knew you were a Burning Man gal, I was yeah. like, never in my life did I ever <laughs> expect Diana Cohen to be a Burning Man goer. Yeah. Well, it's okay. It's only the second time. I've only- But you are an art person. That's the thing. You are a huge art person. Yes. I love art. It is the thing that fills me up. When I feel stuck, I will just go to a museum or any space and just walk around alone. That is, and obviously I studied art history at NYU and my husband and I met at MoMA. We both love museums and galleries. So I do love art and that's a huge component of Burning Man. I went for the first time in 2019 and was like, I'm going forever. Then obviously COVID happened and I was not that experienced of a burner to go to like the rogue burns, you know, it was, it was amazing. I heard we had a lot of friends go, but we're really excited for this year. I'm very much looking forward to it. We are part of a camp that's really, really special. It's such an amazing mix of people from all over the world. And it's just a very special time to disconnect and, you know, the principles of Burning Man, I'm very inspired by. And it's funny because yes, on paper, like I am not the person to go. And I have a lot of friends who are like, I don't understand how you do it. We do like a full week. And I mean, I'm I'm not like living out of a tent and like a pickup truck, but we we're not like full glamping. Like it's not like a full glamping situation. It's pretty real too. So you have to prepare like survival wise, the conditions are rough, but I, I love that. I love just exploring and adventuring for literally a whole day with like a camel back and a bike and please hydrate my love. 
Oh, I am the hydration queen. I am the hydration queen, but it's really fun. And the music's amazing. We're big music people too. So like the DJs are great. The art is amazing. It's just a very present world. And I'm excited to come back and come back to Miami. Actually, the, when I came back from Burning Man the first time and went back to New York, it took me like weeks to readjust to the reality. I remember getting the first time I went on the subway after coming back from Burning Man and being like, everyone looks so sad and miserable. Like (laughs) the joy has just, I think been so sucked out of life and you know, you, you choose obviously everybody's life is different and your life circumstances are totally specific to you. But I do really believe that like choosing presence is something that we all have the opportunity to do and finding joy. So for me, it's like, everyone's on the same page that whole week and everyone's there. Usually like I'm bopping through the world kind of in my own little bubble or, you know, I try to bring that to my team, but yeah, that. And then um, my sister moved from LA with my new baby niece. So they now live in Miami too. And my nine month old niece Reese is the sweetest. And they're actually cut. We're going to be seeing them this weekend. So I'm looking forward to a lot more time with them. The whole fam's back together. Whole fam's back together. And that's been, I think everybody's realized that just how important those relationships are, even if they're some of the hardest relationships, I think relationships with their family can be really triggering and like reveal so much truth about yourself. But in my thirties now, I'm, I'm ready for that, that truth telling and kind of doing the deeper exploration. So I'm looking forward to that personal work as well. Okay. And other than sleeping, yeah. <laughs> how else are you taking care of yourself? I love wash days and spa day. I take, I'm like the queen of taking care of myself on the weekends. I do like my hair mask for 40 minutes and bath time. I've recently gotten into Pilates. I saw that. Are you doing, was it like everyday challenge for how many days? Not every day, but like five out of seven days a week. So basically every day, it feels like every day, like a reformer Pilates class. I had a trainer when we were getting ready for a wedding, like a year, a year ago. And she's been amazing, but she's actually traveling this summer. So it kind of prompted me to find an alternative solution and I just got an unlimited pass and I'm obsessed with it. Are you solid core? I'm going to jet set, which I guess is kind of like solid core. It's in my building. So like my lazy points are still, (laughs) I have no excuses. The lazy points are still really high. It's two minutes. It's around the corner from my building, but I love it. I think I might be a Pilates girl. I even said to Alex this morning. I love it though. I'm trying to find a reformer studio here. I want to get back into it. It's the one thing I miss about pre-pandemic life. Really? Yeah, you're you're so you're so active and so good. I feel like you really But it's like finding what sticks. I totally get it. And I think I think Pilates for a lot of people, myself included, maybe you resonate with this. It's like you don't need that high intensity all the time. It's also not great for our hormones. So it's like, if you could just work out every day and work on those muscles, it's so important for like our longevity going forward forever. I feel like I was born for this season of TikTok, which is like hot girl walks and Pilates classes. <laughs> so I'm told, cause I actually never like, maybe someone would be like, let's go to soul cycle. And I'd be like, no, I'm like, what is it? I used to be that girl. Really? Oh no. I was oh like, my God, Diana, I would spin seven times a week. No. And then I was like, huh? Yeah. 
No. You know, balance is the key takeaway of life. Nothing is good and nothing is all bad and everything is balanced. 80-20, babe, 80-20. Okay, well, we're running out of time. (laughs) I love you. Thank you. you. I'm so happy to have had you on here. Listeners, you can find Diana on her Instagram. You can should 100% follow Crown Affair. They have so many good tips on how to take care of your hair. Also, Diana's TikTok is popping off. This is the first interview I've done that I can be like, hit the TikTok, like, and subscribe because this is new for me. And if anybody's out there listening, being like, I don't understand TikTok, how do I do it? Literally me, I told you, I'm posting nature shit. Dude, that's what we're here for. And it's not just do it. Um, I literally didn't know how to do it two months ago. And one of my recent TikToks got 3 million views. So if I can do it, you can do it. (laughs) Let's do it. Okay, thanks, Dee. You're the best. Bye, Angel.